Our gospel today should be heard or read or understood uh, in connection and conjunction with our gospel from last week. Do you remember the gospel from last week? Should I quiz you? No? I'll refresh your memory. Okay. Last week, two of Jesus' disciples asked him a question. Oh, yes. James and John, two brothers, they come up to Jesus and they say, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. And so Jesus asks them, what do you want me to do for you? And that's the connection to this week because that is exactly the same question that Jesus poses to Bartimaeus, the blind man, who runs up to him. What do you want me to do for you? And I, every time I read that question, Jesus poses that question several times throughout the Gospels, but twice in Mark's here. It gives me chills when I think about that because what would you do if Jesus asked you, what would you like me to do for you? Would you rather Jesus ask you, what do you want me to do for you? Or me ask you, what would you like me to do for you? Anyone? Jesus, I would hope. That saves me some work, by the way. That's <laughs> But think about that. Jesus asks, what do you want me to do for you? Imagine this. Last week, of course, we were all abuzz with dreams of $1.6 billion being won in the Mega Millions, right? How many of you did not play? Yeah, you got to play to win, people, right? $1.6 billion is an insane amount of money. If you got a million dollars a year, it would take you 1,600 years to get that much money. None of us have a lifespan like that. And if you're like me, I didn't play either, but if you're like me, you probably dreamt of what you would do with that money, right? How many of you would give one-tenth of what you got before taxes to the church? Good for you. That's what I said too. Sorry, God, I didn't win. We dreamt of having that, that, that kind of resource available to us. Never mind what kind of life it would give us. Now imagine Christ offering to do whatever you ask for him of him. That's the jackpot right there. Jesus Christ, the word through whom all things were made, with whom and through whom all things are possible, is saying, what do you want me to do? And the responses to these two questions, or this one question, from last week and this week, have something to teach us. Because it's not so much what you respond, but the place from where you respond that is instructive for us. James and John, they heard that question, what do you want me to do for you? And they responded to Jesus out of their ambition. 
out of their desire for power, for influence, for position, for authority. They wanted to sit at either side of Jesus. So when everyone saw Jesus in his glory, they saw James and John, the two guys with them. Their response was motivated by a lust for power. And look at what that response then did to the community around Jesus. Because the disciples, upon hearing what James and John dared to ask Jesus, became indignant. What did the response do? It created separation amongst the followers of Christ. How dare you ask that question, James and John, before I got to? Ambition, a lust for power, for influence, for control, leads to division. Fast forward back to this week. Bartimaeus is along the side of the road, and what do we hear? Jesus is leaving Jericho. He's on his way to Jerusalem with his disciples and a sizable crowd. So again, a community gathered around Christ. And here is Bartimaeus on the side of the road begging, as he probably did all the time. And as he hears that it's Jesus coming by, he knows this is the one who can help me. He cries out. And what does the community around Jesus do first? Shut up. Stop bugging him. Get away. Be quiet. It doesn't stop him. He continues to cry out. And his persistence in prayer, the depth of his faith, that reaches Christ. And he says, whoa, whoa, whoa. Call that guy over here. And of course, the crowd switches just like that, right? Don't worry. He's calling you. Don't be afraid. Come on. And what does he do? He throws aside his cloak and sprang up and went to Jesus. That is an important detail because that cloak is what he wore to keep warm. When he sat down by the side of the road, he would spread the cloak out in front of him so that passers-by could toss him change. Here. So on that cloak was everything he relied on, everything he had. And he threw it aside in order to go to Jesus. And then he gets the question, what do you want me to do for you? And yeah, it was a selfish answer that he gave. I want to see. But it, it wasn't coming from a position of ambition. It wasn't coming from a desire for power or control. It was coming from his basic humanity. His longing for wholeness. I want to see. I want to see. This morning I woke up, opened my eyes, rubbed them a little, and I saw. And I did that yesterday morning and all the mornings before that. I assume it'll happen tomorrow morning too. Not for Bartimaeus. I want to see his human need to see, to behold. 
to be, quote, normal like everyone else. That human need, which created a dependence on others and on God, is what motivated Bartimaeus. And immediately he gets his sight. There's no smearing mud on his face. There's no spitting. There's no wash in this pool or show yourself to that person. Immediately, he is healed because of his faith. And then what happens? The result of his response to Christ is that he now follows him on the way too. That respect for the dignity of his humanity creates community. It involves him. It unites him to the group. Ambition, lust for power and influence creates division. Respect for human dignity creates unity. And the lesson, brothers and sisters, from these two Gospels, and in particular today, is that that is where we must look for Christ. We must look for Christ in those who are longing for the basic human dignity that they deserve. Not that we assign to them, but that Jesus knows they deserve. Regardless of their condition, position, place, whether they are in the womb, in a nursing home dying, whether they are rich or poor, whether they are one of us or not, whether they are illegal or not, they are expressing human longing that draws them to Christ and the healing power that he can give them. I want to see. I want to be well. I want freedom. I want security. I want a future full of hope. All of us want this. All of us want this. No matter what we have, whether we have a billion dollars or what we've got in our pockets right now. Human need connects us to God and it connects us to each other. Jesus creates community. He creates unity and solidarity. And we must look to our human needs and those of our brothers and sisters in order to fully realize that community. We cannot be like the crowd who pushes Bartimaeus away. We must be like Jesus who calls him in. And in fact, Jesus tells the others, you call him. And the community grows. Brothers and sisters, what do you want Jesus to do for you? Consider your motives. Consider where that answer for you comes from. And as you respond to Jesus out of your human need, let God's power and love show through you so that others can understand his love for them. Thank you for listening to the Anchor and Quill podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. You can find more content by visiting us at www.olhstchurch.com or through your favorite podcasting app. Until next time, go in peace.